0: Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. Previously on Mac Folklore Radio. By the mid-1990s, nothing Apple did made sense anymore. Skating Down the Wrong Path. By Cameron Esfahani, December 2019, on The Blue Site. My first full-time job at Apple was working on Quickdraw. The team was very small. Me the manager, and one other engineer. Apple had shipped the first PowerPC Max just before I started. The QuickDraw team had done a lot of work before the PowerMax shipped, so they all took long, well-deserved multi-week vacations. When the QuickDraw team came back, they all quit to create a startup, leaving me as the sole QuickDraw engineer. My parent organization was quite large, but all the other folks were working on QuickDraw 3D QuickDraw GX, printing, typography, all of which had either just shipped or were still under development. To some, it was funny. The small team of one had more visibility than all those teams working on next-generation frameworks. Personally, I was terrified. I was a junior engineer with no graphics experience, and I was now responsible for drawing basically everything you saw on a Macintosh. But I was good at assembly language, debugging and optimization, and I was surrounded by smart folks. A major reason the original PowerPC machines felt so fast, even though most all of the software was emulated, was that big chunks of QuickDraw were ported to C and compiled as native PowerPC code. But not all of it. I decided to take the remaining bits native. One of the largest sections still in assembly was the palette manager. It was responsible for making sure that applications would get the colors they desired. It was also written in some of the most gnarly 68020 code I'd ever seen. If I could translate a dozen instructions a day, I felt like Odysseus. Around this time, they were trying to ship Quickdraw 3D so they'd bring in dinners to encourage engineers to stay late. Even though I wasn't working on Quickdraw 3D, I was invited to eat with them. All of them were very smart, but most didn't have experience debugging on Mac OS, and almost nobody among them knew PowerPC Assembly. So I started helping them. We would take our pizza to their office and fix a crash or optimize some code. After a few weeks, I got to know most of the other teams this way, and they knew that I could help them even though I might not understand what they were working on. I even got a couple of puzzle pages in Apple's Develop magazine out of these sessions. I tell this extremely detailed history as a preface to the next bit. Time passed. One day, out of the blue, my boss asked me to fly down to Los Angeles for the day. Apparently there was a developer there working on an application showcasing QuickDraw GX. It was important for Apple to have some cool GX applications, and these folks had one. Go down there for the day and help them debug it. I tried to explain that I wasn't on the QuickDraw GX team, and that I didn't even know how it worked. He waved that off. Just do what you've been doing at dinner with the other teams. So the next day I got on a plane and sat next to the actor Powers Booth. To this day, I have no idea why he was an SJC, and I was too afraid to ask. A co-worker who lived in Los Angeles and worked on the QuickDraw GX team picked me up and we headed to a random shopping mall. Apparently the top floors were office spaces. I remember the smog was visible when we went up the elevator. We got to their office and I was finally told what they were working on. It was a greeting card kiosk. You would design these beautiful cards with awesome typography Yay, QuickDraw GX, on a touch screen. Once you were happy with your card, you'd print it then and there. The kiosk contained a Power Mac running their application, and it was crashing all the time. Well, this is what they flew me down for. So I sat down and started looking at the crashes in Maxbug. Right away, I could tell something was weird. Structurally, most Macintosh applications look very similar, but this app was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Heap and code were way off. I asked if it was okay to see their code. They went off and eventually decided that was alright and put me in front of one of their developers' computers with the source code open. Uh, what is this? It's our application. But what is it? Oh, we're writing the application in Skate. I turned to my coworker and asked if he knew about this. I must have looked like I was going to throttle him as he put up his hands and denied any knowledge or responsibility. Skate was a weird, lisp-like multimedia authoring environment that Apple's Advanced Technology Group was developing. Look it up. It's on a lot of the early Mac Addict cover disks. Apparently, this company's management drank the Kool-Aid. Anything Apple had, they wanted to use. Someone in Apple's developer technical support or Worldwide Developer Relations had mentioned Skate to them. Of course they were going to develop their application with that. While they talked, I started drawing a matrix of every possible failure. Instead of just bugs in the application, most likely, bugs in QuickDraw GX, less likely, I also had to consider bugs in the Skate compiler, the Skate libraries, and the Skate bindings for the macOS APIs. I installed Skate on my laptop and began writing a Hello World application. I didn't catch my flight that night. My coworker let me crash on his couch. We stopped at Fatburger on the way to his house. I was pretty angry. It felt like negligence to convince or even just allow these developers to go down the Skate path. Their application would have been difficult enough to develop in a traditional language. The milkshake from Fatburger helped. The next day, wearing yesterday's clothing, I spent hours trying to understand and debug all these GX printing callbacks written in Skate. Eventually, it seemed like there was some state being lost going from GX back to the Skate runtime. I took them aside and told them to dump it. I made the case that Skate was buggy and unfinished and brought no real benefit. Their engineers had a told-you-so look on their faces, and their management looked sad. I headed back to Cupertino. They never shipped that kiosk, and I think they got out of Macintosh development. A few months later, I was working with some people in Apple's advanced technology group on another project, and I met some skate folks. I described my experience, and they were shocked that anyone at Apple was pushing third-party developers to use it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can find more stories or join the very quiet Discord server for this podcast at www.macfolkloreradio.com.